Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Uh, Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Uh, Today we're going to be joining Pastor White as he continues his series on the family. So let's get out our Bibles and get ready to join Pastor White as he teaches us about God's plan for home and the family. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. I want to continue looking at 10 enemies of the soul and of the family. Now, tonight's lesson I was going to do in a very abbreviated form because I was thinking it wasn't too long ago that I spoke on this subject. And so, you know, when you save things on your computer, it puts a date as to when you saved them. The last time that I taught on this issue, which I believe is a very important issue and we have pretty much lost the battle as a church not our church specifically but the church in large in this area it was actually on march 2015 was the last time that i taught on this and i was like i cannot believe four years have passed since i've taught on this issue So instead of looking at it in abbreviated form, I'm going to give you the full-blown teaching tonight, okay? Uh, And then we'll come back and finish this uh, series up um, next Wednesday night. So we find here in Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand, stand up against. To stand against the wiles, the tricks the craftiness, the deception of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the teaching of this subject tonight. There's a lot of folks here tonight, I'm sure, that will not agree with this preacher or agree with the principles of your word as it applies to what I believe is one of the greatest enemies that we face today concerning our soul and the family. So I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would do a a work of conviction and convincing us of the truth of Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to come down here and join you. This is where we've been so far. In our study on the ten enemies of the soul, of course, we know that Satan, that great dragon, would seek to destroy the souls of each and every one of us as well as our family. Do not give what? Do not give place. Do not give any jurisdiction to Satan in your soul and in your family. So we looked at sensual material, the world is full of sensual material today. We have the cell phones and computers. We talked about that. We talked about drugs and the use of alcohol. We talked about carnal friends and these video games that so many, especially of our young people, are addicted to today. We talked about movies and worldly entertainment that just gives you a carnal mindset in life, which really is an enemy of your soul. We talked about the use of cell phones Uh, And how people have just, I mean, they are so into 
their cell phones. You take away their cell phone and you think they lost their life. We talked about social media and all the dangers that are out there. Even though it can be used, can be used in a good way, it's used for more evil than it is good. And so we need to be very, very cautious in our use of social media. It's destroyed the souls of many men and women and families as well. Now tonight we're going to talk about music. Music. Four years, four plus years since I've talked about this issue of music. And then next time we come together, we're going to talk about dating. Spend one evening on dating. These are what I see as ten enemies of the soul. So let's talk about this subject of music tonight. Peter says, dearly beloved. He loved his people. You know why I teach about this? Because I love you. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm not here to get on you. I'm not here to somehow judge you or criticize you for the music that you listen to. I'm just here to give you the truth of Scripture because that's my job. And besides being my job, I care about my people. And I know how destructive music can be to the soul. So he says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. He said, what's the next? What? Abstain. We would all do better to abstain from fleshly lust. And music can feed that fleshly lust in a way that nothing else can. We abstain from fleshly lust. Now finish it with me. Ready? Which what? Wars. It wars against the soul. Think about that. There are things that you allow in your life, worldly things, carnal things, that literally war against your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion, and are destructive to you personally, as well as to your family, and also the church. So let's talk about this tonight. Music is a very, very powerful, powerful tool that can be used for good and can be used for evil. Who created music? God did. And he saw that it was good. And so when God created music, he created music to be confined by his laws. There are laws, the laws of God that govern what good music is. You see, someday you and I are going to stand before the Lord in the day of judgment. None of us are going to escape it. And the Bible says we are going to give an account of the things which we have done. That would include the music we listen to, yes or no. The things that we have done, whether it be what? Good or evil. So music is either good or it is evil. It's either right or it's wrong. And so to argue that music is amoral, there is nothing in the world that is amoral. God doesn't say he is one day going to judge us for what is good, bad, and amoral. It's either good or it is what? Bad. He said make the tree good or make it what? Make it bad. There is not such a thing as immoral. Why? Because God's laws touch every area of life. There are those who argue that you cannot establish a doctrine on music. Doctrine means teaching. 
I'm here to tell you, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine. So music is not excluded from biblical doctrine. There is a doctrine for music. And our music must conform to the doctrine of Scripture, to the laws of God. Otherwise, it wars against our soul. Carrie Schmidt, now this is someone who Ben really likes. This is like one of his favorite preachers. I always thought I was, but you know, he likes Carrie better. So I thought I would quote Carrie Schmidt here tonight. He said this, music and society has all, have always been closely related. You can really tell a society by the music they listen to. Music is an expression of the what? Of the soul, of the heart. Music and society have always been closely related. Music reflects and creates social condition, including factors that either facilitate or impede social change. Today's society is all based on what you watch on TV, those who you hang around, we talked about that, how you were raised, and the music you listen to. Music is perhaps one of the most powerful forces we encounter. Music can both establish and destroy, what's the last word? Morality. Why? Because it's either good or evil. Now you may disagree with Carrie Schmidt, but I totally agree with the statements that he has made there. Why? Because they're biblical statements. According to Barna, only 9% of born-again Christian teens believe that there are moral absolutes. That is a shame. We no longer are raising our young people to have a Christian worldview. <clears throat> Satan was greatly gifted by God with what? The ability to play music. Referring to Lucifer, the bright and shining one, the glorious one, the choir director of heaven, that's what he was. He was the anointed cherub. Think about it. He was the one that used music to bring praise, glory, honor, and worship to God in heaven. Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering the, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the pearl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and the gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day when thou was created. He was a God made him a musical being. Music was a very part of him. Now let me ask you a question. If he was so gifted with music and music was his very being, and he became corrupted. What do you think he will use to turn men's hearts away from the Lord? Music. It just makes sense. If that's the area that he was mostly skilled in. Thou art the anointed cherub. Cherub is a musical term. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day thou was created until what? Iniquity was found in thee. And so his music became corrupted. Satan is the father of lies. 
He is also called the great, what? The great deceiver. And he has deceived many. I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, the majority of church, evangelical churches, even fundamental churches and pastors do not agree with the teaching that I'm going to give tonight. They have embraced what I believe is the lie from Satan. Let me give you an example. Sunday there was a couple, they were an elderly couple that came to our church and I introduced myself and I said, are you from the area? They said, yeah, we're from the area, but our power was out today and the power is out in our church. And they attend a fundamental church up in the Jackson area and they said, so we wanted to come to church and so we thought we'd come down here because we, we have met some of your members that told us that you still listen to traditional Christian music. And I said, yes, we do. They said, our church has changed. During the morning, we have contemporary music. And then in the evening, we have our traditional music. And this is what they said. They said, we're so grieved by the music that we now play in our church. This is where a lot of older couples are at right now. Their churches have changed. And the reason their churches have changed, the churches have said, we have to become like the world if we're going to reach the world. If we're going to reach this new generation, then we need to adopt their music. I'm going to say that's a lie. That is a lie. The great deceiver. Bible said be uh, strong meat, talking about the word of God, milk, meat, honey. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, mature, even those who by reason of use have their senses, their conscience, exercised to discern both good and evil. Listen, you should be so strong in the word that when you hear music that is not pleasing to the Lord, there's something that just sounds off in your conscience. And you say, this is not right. This is troubling. So what we want to do is get some principles into your heart and into your mind, into your soul, that you can war against these lies that are so perpetrated now in our churches, in our homes, in our society. And you can fight against it. So some biblical principles that will help you discern what is godly music. The Bible says that we should set up a standard in the land. Anybody now that tries to set up a standard in their lives and in their churches, you know what we're called? Legalistic. You're judgmental, you're old-fashioned, you're legalistic. You know what legalism is? Legalism is believing that if you adhere to a certain set of standards that you can merit salvation. That's what legalism is. Do we believe that here? But do we believe that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world? That is not legalism. The standard bearer. Set up a standard. Blow the trumpet. Is it easy to be a standard bearer? You know what happens if you are a standard bearer? Some of you young people may not know, even know what a standard bearer is. That's a standard bearer right there. One who holds the flag 
and leads the army into battle. You ever heard the song, I sought a flag to follow a cause for which to stand? You know what happens to the flag bearer? He becomes a target. He's the first one that the enemy tries to take out. Because if he can take out the standard bearer, then he can discourage the rest of the army from proceeding further. Oh, that we would be a church that if the standard bearer gets shot down, someone else grabs the flag and carries it forward. See, I'm getting old enough now to realize we need some standard bearers coming up from behind me. I'm pushing 60 now. We better have some standard bearers. It's not going to be too much longer. This preacher is going to take his place in the pew. We better have some young people behind us to pick up the flag. But this has not happened in our churches. It's deeply, deeply, deeply concerning to me. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from west, from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy, I love this statement, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Are we, are we observing today the enemy flooding into our churches? You know how a lot of this has happened? A lot of this has happened because of all the information now we have on the internet all the YouTube videos that we're watching, all the blogs that we're reading. And we're just opening our mind. I'm going to tell you something. I think we ought to be closed-minded. And I think our mind ought to be set on the Word of God, not on the Word of men, who sounds so good and sounds so slick and yet are causing us to depart from the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a what? Come on, church, a what? A standard. The Spirit of the Lord wants to lift up each and every one of you as a standard bearer. I'm going to stick by the stuff. I want you here to know I'm not ashamed to be called a fundamentalist. I believe in the fundamentals of the faith and I'm stuck on them. And you're not going to move me off of them. And when I get shot down, hopefully someone else will pick it up. God's Word commands the believer to approve the things that are what? That are what? Excellent. Your music either has a thumbs up or it has a thumbs down. It's either excellent or it's not. It has to abide by biblical principle. Because of how music affects our minds and our bodies, 
Does music affect your mind? Does it affect your body? So because of the way it affects our minds and bodies, it must come under the scrutiny of Scripture. Music is intimately connected with worship. That's why it was first created by God. So therefore, music shapes our view of God. It's very important for you to understand that. Music shapes our view of God. What kind of God is He? This is actually a Christian concert that you're looking at right there. Now that doesn't surprise some of you because some of you go to things like this I want you to understand something. There's nothing Christian about that. Prove what is what? Either it's acceptable or it isn't. I'm I'm here to tell you, Jesus would not go to there. Not my Jesus. Maybe the Jesus that you've conjured up in your mind, but not my Jesus. Prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, expose them, be the standard bearer. Therefore, or wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Can we know God's will as it pertains to music? Absolutely. Speaking to yourselves... Interesting the context there, music. Speaking to yourselves, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So music is not amoral. It pleases God or it doesn't. Music is a form of what? Communication. Music communicates. When two notes are put together, they become communication. Now, one note may not be. One note. Bomb, bomb, bomb. That's. But you go, bomb, bomb. That's communication, isn't it? So when two notes are put together, there's communication there. You know what the Bible says? That every idle word we will give an account thereof in the day of what? So our communication will be judged. That means our music will be judged. God does not judge our moral things. He only judges it as whether it's good or bad. God promises that if we allow the Word of God to dwell within us richly, not, listen, not what man says. I'm here to tell you right now, all of this YouTubing and blogging and going online and, and listening, it has really, it has really undermined the preacher who's trying to lead his people aright. Because you know what some are going to say? Well, I don't agree with what preacher said. Now I'm going to go home and I'm going to Google that up. 
it is really hurting our churches. And it's hurting the pastor's ability to lead his people. Our senses will be exercised to discern good and evil through the use of the Word of God. Who decides what is good or bad? Are you all here tonight? I don't decide what's good and bad. You don't decide what's good and bad. God decides what's good and bad. So we have to put music to the test of Scripture. Does it glorify God? Whatever we do in word or deed, what? Do all to the glory of God. I'm going to tell you, a lot of this music is going on today in our Christian circles is glorifying man. It's not glorifying God. There's not a spirit of worship there. You know, it's kind of funny because they call it worship teams. And this is why, and I've told you this before, and we're slipping back into this again. That's why I don't like us to applaud after someone finishes singing. Now, I don't mind when the little kids get up there, you know, and we show favor to the little child. I don't mind that. I tell you, when an adult gets up here and they sing to the glory of God, let's not give them the praise. Let's, let's give God the praise. Let's just give a good amen or a hallelujah. Amen. Next, does it provide an atmosphere of spiritual uplift and inspiration? When Saul had David come and play for him melodiously. By the way, David wasn't playing rock and roll music on his harp. What happened to the evil spirit that had come upon Saul? Man, it had to, it had to get out of there. I actually, <clears throat> this was several years ago. I actually had the documentation for this, but this was again, several years, probably 20 plus years ago, that the SWAT team in New York City, when there was a riot, the SWAT team would come and they would play melodious music and it would break up the riot. And then they just couldn't stand melodious music. You know what? We need to drive the devil out of the church, not invite him to come in. <laughs> Playing melodious. Melodious. We'll get to that. Does it contain words that are worthwhile in meaning, or are they contrary to what is decent and what they're scripturally right? A lot of the music that's being played today, you can't even discern what they're saying. I call it family rock radio. When you're flipping through the radio stations and you come across a Christian radio station, you can't tell it's a Christian radio station. There's something wrong with the radio station. It needs to give a distinction of sound. This will be the heard of him as you've been taught that the truth is in Christ Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. 
Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which God has created in righteousness and true holiness. Let no corrupt, what? Communication. communication. Music is a form of communication. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying builds you up spiritually that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Listen to what Jesus said. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. A tree is known by its fruits. And then at the end, I've quoted this, by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the things that we have done, whether it be good or bad. I don't know about you, but when I stand before the Lord and then I kneel in his presence, I want to hear him say, well done. And, and let me say this. If I am going to err, you know what side I want to err on? I want to err on the more conservative side. Doesn't that make sense? I don't think anyone's ever going to stand before the Lord and the Lord's going to say, you know what, your music was just too good. It was just too worshipful. It glorified me too much. It was too melodious. This is very important. Does the rhythm... I'm not saying that a, a music is not to have rhythm. Rhythm gives life to the music. But it's got to be in balance. Does the rhythm, the background beat, the breathy sliding pitches. Now I'm really against this slipping and sliding. Sometimes when I hear Christian singers, it makes me want to just take a bottle of maple syrup and just pour it all over them. They're just singing so syrupy. Can I tell you something? Someone's standing up and they got that microphone and they're up there swaying and moving and making love to that microphone. There's something wrong. I'm sorry if that offends somebody. I saw some cringes right there with that. But that is exactly what's going on. It's that syncopation. It's the offbeat. When something is offbeat, not the one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, but when it is offbeat, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, it makes your body want to move. That is not, yes, it's not in harmony with the heart, with the natural heartbeat rhythm. Here, over a year ago, I had some minor heart surgery because my heart was afibbing. My heart was beating when it shouldn't beat. And you know what that did to my whole body? <laughs> Syncopation makes you appeal to your lower impulses and it excites your flesh. Abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. 
know how powerful music is? Music is so powerful and can ingrain itself in us so deeply. When we hear a song that we haven't heard since we were a teenager, we can sing the words to it. It's how powerful music is. Does the music move your hips or does it move your heart? I think that's a pretty good question to ask. For they that are in the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh. They love the things of the flesh. But they are <clears throat> the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the what? Law of God. I will not be subject to the law of God as it applies to music. I don't believe it applies. I don't believe in the doctrine of music. It's left up to one's own personal preference of what they like or what they don't like. That's the carnal mind. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. That music hinders you from doing what's right. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness. Isn't it interesting that these first four have to do with sensuality? Music, sex, drugs. The three P's in a pod. Does the presentation of the music have a carnal? <clears throat> carnal means worldly. Does it have a worldly style to it? Most churches that you go into today that are our size or larger, except for just a handful of us who are still holding to the stuff, when you walk in, what do you see up on the stage? Drums, electric guitars. Charles Spurgeon. You've heard me give this quote before. It's back in the early 1800s. The devil have seldom done a clever thing than hinting to the church that part of its mission is to provide entertainment to the people with a view of winning them to Christ. Providing amusements for the people is nowhere spoken of in the scripture as a function of the church. Entertainment ministries in the long term promote worldliness. Our churches are worldly. Maybe as I'm teaching tonight, you're getting an understanding of why this preacher has preached the way that he's preached. And why he has sought to lead this fellowship in the way that he sought to lead it. 
But this is the truth. We all need to get on the same page. Are the (laughs) magicians, musicians, who sing the music, are they examples to be followed? I think this has some bearing to it. Those are all, by the way, those are all Christian singers and Christian, I guess. As I put these up here, I don't, I don't know who these Christian groups are. I just know they're Christian groups. If you know who they are, shame on you. Is there any appearance of evil in the music? Do you know the verse is still in the Bible, it's a shame for a man to have long hair? Is there any sensuality or rebellion sensed in the music? For every form of music, we have a Christian alternative. Christian rap, Christian rock, whatever they call that Christian headbanging music. It's not Christian. Do you know where the phrase rock and roll came from? Most people don't even know. We call it, we have Christian rock and roll in our church. The phrase rock and roll came about by, and I hope this is probably, by immorality being committed in the back seat of a car. Am I right, Craig? Mr. Former Rock and Roller? So now what? We have Christian immorality? When Moses and Joshua came down off of the mount with the Ten Commandments in their hand, Remember what Joshua said, there is a noise of war in the camp. It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them being overcome, but the voice of them that sing do I hear. He knew what was going on in the camp simply by the music that was coming out of the camp before he even saw it. And when they go down there, what do, they, what do they find? Worshiping the golden calf, people running around naked. I grew up right next door to what was called the Knights of Columbus. Now, the Knights of Columbus is a Catholic organization, and they had a lodge. And they rented out that lodge for parties and weddings and all kinds of things. And I can't tell you how many times I went to bed at night with boom, 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 boom. And then when I got up in the morning, you know what my job was? Picking up the beer cans and the beer bottles out of our yard. 
I could tell you what was going on in there. I didn't have to see what was going on in there. I could tell you what was going on in there. Does the music have a clear, understandable, scriptural message? And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harped, except they give a distinction of sound. I'm t- there ought to be a clear distinction between the world and the church. I, I, I've got to keep going here. It's 8 o'clock. Does the music violate the biblical principle of not mixing light with darkness or clean with the unclean? Godly music adheres to God's standards of separation. Does anybody know who that fellow is? John Adams. Let me see. He was our second president, right? The church is the moral compass of society. But in order to remain a true and faithful compass, the church must remain separate and independent of the influences of that society. Now, do most of our churches embrace that philosophy now? No. They do not. Godly music does not imitate the world's music. If you'll be a friend of the world, James says, you are an enemy of God's. Aren't you glad the Bible's not politically correct? I mean, the strongest evidence of admiration is imitation. The Christian who says he loves God but listens to carnal music is guilty of violating God's command of separation. Is that my grandson? He's so precious. Yes, you are. Don't disagree with your grandfather. So let me say that again. The strongest evidence of admiration is what? Imitation. Who do you imitate? Godly music is not appealing to the world. The Bible said if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But you are not of the world. 
There's a big problem when unbelievers walk into the church and they say, man, we love that music. That's just like the music we listen to at the bar. Of course, now you have churches where you can go and have a beer with the preacher. I don't like beer, so don't come over and have a beer. It's not appealing to the world. The function of music is to edify Christians and to glorify and praise God, not to appeal to the world. So here's the argument. Yeah, but I took a friend to a Christian rock concert and he got saved. Does that make it right? It's a humanistic argument. I'm sure there's people who have gotten saved in a bar. How many think someone probably got saved in a bar sometime? Doesn't mean going to a bar is the right thing to do. Godly music is called a new song, not the old song. It's called a new song. He hath put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. If a believer is going to put off the old man, put on the new man, has to apply to music. I've shared this with you before. When I went to Bible college, they confiscated all of our music. How dare they violate us like that? I feel sorry for Bible colleges. You know, now everything's right there on their phone. What do they do? Take everybody's phone away from them? But they took, this will date me, all of our cassettes. So we didn't have any of... Do some of you know what cassettes are? Confiscate all of our cassettes. So I didn't have any of my old music to listen to from the time, uh, the end of August, until I went home for Christmas break. And I'm here to tell you, all that time, all I heard was good, godly, melodious music like we play in our church, like we sing in our That's all I heard for all that time. And you know what? And this is the truth. When I went back for Christmas and I started to hear the music that I once listened to, it was offensive to me. You know why? Because God took it away from me. But I had to go on that music fast. I had to get rid of the old, and I had to replace it with the good. God ordained preaching, not music, to win the lost. That's what he said. So when you use that idea, well, we just need to change our music in order to reach the world, that's not... That is totally, 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 totally unbiblical. Preaching of the cross. Does the rhythm of the music bring me under its addictive power? You say, I'm not addicted to my music. Okay, give it up. Put your money where your mouth is. Prove it. See how long you can go without it before you have withdrawals. Is the melody, that which carries the message, supported by the harmony? So much discord in our music today. Ugh. 
but is it supported by the harmony and by the rhythm? Godly music will always have a biblical balance to it. The melody will be dominant. The harmony will be secondary. The rhythm then will be supportive, giving it life. It won't be out of balance. Look at this little pyramid here that I put up for you. Maybe it help you understand. Rhythm needs to be the smallest element. Harmony then, giving it the beauty, the blend, and then the melody carries the message. The message is very clear, very easy to hear and to understand. What does the devil do with his music? He comes along and he turns it upside down. Now rhythm becomes the dominant part. You still can have harmony, but then the melody becomes the, the least. Sometimes there's no harmony at all. It's just discord. There's a variety of biblical music. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms is the word of God put to music. Hymns are songs with great doctrinal truths to them. Almighty fortress is our God. Abel work never failing. Spiritual songs. Expression of testimony. Happy am I. Jesus is mine forever. This goes to the couple I was telling you about on Sunday morning. Does the music offend spiritual, mature Christians? I'll tell you something. We have some really old, old members up here. I really respect this couple. They walked with God. They walked with Him for a long time. If you want to know whether your music is good or bad, come let the Vincents listen to it. Ask, you got enough guts? Sit down with Pastor Peterson. Say, hey, Pastor, you want to listen to my music, see if it's okay? Listen to me, young people. It's time you start listening to the older generation. The Bible talks about the old paths. Don't forsake the old paths. Why? Because of what I'm going to preach Sunday. This Sunday I'm going to preach on the fact our God doesn't change. He is immutable. He is the same. This is our text. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever will be the message on Sunday. Does the music have the potential of causing others to stumble? Is it going to throw them right back into their old way of life? There's always that potential if it's not a new song. Is there any doubt in your mind concerning your music? He that doubteth is... Say it again. He that doubteth is what? damned for whatsoever is not of faith is sin if you cannot say I, with full faith I know this music is pleasing to the Lord dump it is there any conviction of the Holy Spirit concerning your music 
What about if you brought your music up here tonight and we just played a little bit for people to listen to? I get so sick and tired of hearing this. Well, you know you just got to follow your heart. You know what God's Word says? Don't follow your heart. (laughs) Because the heart is deceitful. And it's desperately wicked. Don't follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Don't argue about it. I know some of you tonight, you say, boy, if I just had some time with preacher, I'd argue these points with them. You know what? You'd lose your argument. Sometimes we just, we want to justify it. Or we just say, I'm not listening. Let me say, preacher, I didn't hear a word you said tonight. You'll reap what you sow in life. Not only will you reap it in your life, but you also reap it in your family. Many, many years ago, we were sitting in an institute for basic youth conflict seminar. Some of you were there with me 30 years ago. And Mr. Gothard gave this illustration of evil and sin. Now, I want you all to get this. If you get nothing else, you get this tonight. He said there used to be a time when the world was here. Right there. The world was here. That was evil. That was sinful. And the church was over here under the authority of Scripture. But evil can always progressively become more evil, right? We have seen that. Matter of fact, the Bible said evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. So the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more the world's going to move this way. Now, should the church have ever moved? How many think the church should always stay where it was? But what has happened? The world has moved right here. Now, wait a minute. Or the church has moved right here. The church is now where the world used to be a few years ago. There's still, you know, a little bit of difference. But wait a minute. What we used to call evil, we now what? We embrace it. Sound the battle cry. See the foe is nigh. Raise the standard high. For the Lord. Listen, what you allow in your heart and in your life and in your practice will eventually make its way into the church. I 
Ben and I were talking yesterday. I think yesterday we went to pick up a piece of furniture together. And I will say this. I'm pretty excited about some of the young men that we have in our church. Not all, but I am pretty excited about some of the young men that we have. Because I do see this next generation, I see some young men, some leaders in our church that as this generation passes off the scene, if they'll continue to stick with it, I have the confidence that this church is going to continue to stay where it's been. And that, that thrills my heart. Let's get back where we need to be. Let's not move. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. But that takes some repentance. It means that we have to say, you know what, I've been wrong. And I need to get back. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.